the Forest Service would come out with, you know, these logging projects in the National Forest. And so this group of students would read through these, you know, these projects or, you know, these proposals and say, you know, this isn't necessary. Um, so it started as a very grassroots group and it was solely focused on the National Forest in Virginia. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 38 of Life in Motion. Today I've got Katie Keller on the line who has a clear love for the outdoors, making her a perfect fit for Wild Virginia. If you didn't know, they help protect Virginia's wild lands and waters through advocacy, education, and influence. So really excited to get into the details about everything that's happening there um, a little bit later. But Katie, thank you for being on the show today. Oh, and thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to kind of hear everything. So before we kind of get into Wild Virginia and everything that's kind of happening over there, which sounds like it's a lot based off the website, um, let's let's take a little bit of time to talk about your own personal story. So just kind of a background, you know, where you grew up, different hobbies, activities you had growing up, sort of, you know, what is the path and the journey that kind of led you to where you are at today? Sure. Um, I, you know, I really appreciate you with that first question. Uh, being in publicity and outreach for Wild Virginia, you know, I'm always talking about Wild Virginia and the amazing work we're doing. Um, but, you know, I, I think a personal story um, it, it really, it, it shows how you, wh- why you love the work that you do. So again, I really appreciate you asking that question. Um, of course. So I was born, in, I'll start from when I was born. I don't know if you were asking for that far back, but yeah, I'll tell no, you. Let's, let's start at the very <laughs> beginning. I'm cool with that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I was born in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, very flat, obviously Midwest, uh, not necessarily my cup of tea. But I grew up there for a few years and then moved to uh, uh, actually Northern Virginia, Fairfax. Okay. And uh, so very urban. And then I spent, um, we, we ended up moving to Westmoreland County, which is just on the Potomac River, right across from Maryland. And I, playing outside in the river and the, uh, the birch trees were so beautiful there. Uh, so that's really where my love of the outdoors started, I guess. And, you know, my mother, she, uh, she always encouraged me, my brother and sister to play outside. So we, we were outdoors kids uh, playing in the dirt, you know, all, all the good <laughs> stuff, all the bugs and ended up um, moving down 95 to Fredericksburg. So, so kind of moving away from the urban, you know, more to suburban or the country. And then I ended up going to school in Harrisonburg, Virginia at James Madison University. And that's really where I started to feel, to get into more of the advocacy piece. And, you know, JMU is uh, at border, Harrisonburg borders the George Washington National Forest. So a lot of, a lot of room to play outside there. So I, uh, you know, started my hiking there. I met a ton of people who introduced me to, again, more of the advocacy piece. But what I was really interested in is the consumer choices and all of the waste that we were creating. And so I, I wasn't necessarily a part of a grassroots organization in Harrisonburg, 
but I was that hippie who was telling everybody they were buying too much stuff. They need to stop, you know, buying plastic and, you know, creating more waste and, you know, they need to start thrifting. And so really, you know, trying to help people find alternatives, uh, you know, so I'm, I make my own toothpaste, I make my own soap, I, uh, hair, shampoo. Um, so finding these alternatives that are available um, people just aren't really introduced to it because, again, the media, advertising, marketing, we are just told that we need to buy, buy, buy all this stuff. So anyway, at JMU, I was that I was that crazy person who was telling everybody they were buying too much plastic. So, um, so with, and with that, because that's kind of interesting, especially if, if you yeah. make all, all the, the kind of the personal hygiene stuff yourself, sure. how... I mean, do you think like kind of that love for the outdoors that you kind of grew up, you know, out in the river and kind of slowly made your way towards the mountains? Do you think that had like the influence on you of like, hey, I, you know, this is really beautiful out here in the mountains or the water or wherever you're at. Like, what can we do to protect it? Was that kind of like how that transition happened? Or I guess that mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, it is so bothersome when you're on a hike or you are watching, you know, cause I go outside, I go hiking to, you know, sort of clear my head and I'm a lone hiker. I take my dog and that's it. But, you know, you go out there and you're trying to relax and, you know, meditate almost. And then you see, you know, someone's fishing lures and hooks and, you know, fishing line and, chip bags and cigarette butts and trash and you're just like man this is a bummer (laughs) I came out here to you know feel something else or you know get away from society a little bit no that that makes complete sense yeah so uh you know following that I uh, ended up getting um um, I started working for a government contractor here in Charlottesville so well actually let me back it up so um, what, when I was in Harrisonburg, I ended up working for a, um, a very small um, fi- state fish um, and wildlife agency sort of contracted research firm. So what we did was, um, you know, called named respondents or the general public uh, gather data about um, their outdoor recreation activities. We would call um, anglers to uh, gather data about um, their, you know, fishing practices over the year. Um, so it was sort of a different side of, you know, that out- outdoor recreation, um, you know, going out and, you know, fishing and hunting even, um, you know, for your own food. So I worked there for a few years and then ended up moving to Charlottesville for, um, for a job. And I stumbled upon Wild Virginia, actually, um, I, you know, I was trying to get out of the, the government work that I was doing, but um, so I, uh, the Center for Nonprofit Excellence, I do have to give them a shout out here in Charlottesville. I found it on their website, completely just stumbled upon it. I had no idea who Wild Virginia was, um, but I ended up, you know, working with such an incredible organization and here it is 2020. I've been here since 2015. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so th- that's kind of my story leading up to Wild Virginia. That's that's awesome, and uh, yeah, I didn't realize that you had uh, been there that long. Yeah. Um, so, kind of, kind of to that before we sort of get into, since that was sort of a little bit of a transition, um, how would you s- say? And I think um, 
and I, actually, I guess we sort of already talked about it, kind of the way you change the sustainability and the advocacy and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But other ways has the outdoors impacted your life? So obviously it's like, it's, it's changed your perspective on waste um, mm. and kind of that peacefulness, but, and you yeah. kind of spoke about it a little bit as well. You know, you're, you're the solo hiker, just you and your pup yeah. and uh, kind of use that almost as a meditation, which makes mm. complete sense. But have you, is it kind of, um, I guess, is there anything else in any other uh, ways in your life that has kind of changed your mindset or anything like that? That's kind of, cause I, like I said, you kind of have interesting perspectives from those two already. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think that I think anyone, you know, who does experience the outdoors today would say that, you know, we're living in a digital age, right? I mean, I do publicity and outreach. I'm managing social media all day. I'm online all day, um, you know, doing Zoom calls and trying to get the word out about Wild Virginia. And, I, I, you know, everybody is so stuck in this world that, that does have a lot of positives, right? I mean, yeah, I can't knock the internet because it does yeah. do some good. But I think that, um, you know, that is one thing. It's a break from the screens. It's just nice to, you know, turn off your cell phone and, you know, rest your eyes even from a physical standpoint. I mean, <laughs> give your eyes a rest. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's a, just a good break from the day-to-day hustle and grind. I mean, I, I live on a farm, so even just getting outside and walking around the property, I, I think it's a good break for everyone. So that is one thing, another thing that it's given me. Nice. So, so kind of as that transition part to Wild Virginia, which you said you sort of just stumbled upon, which I think is really funny. So, um, you know, if you've, if you checked out any of the other podcasts I've done in the past, um, there are some other um, nonprofits that are kind of similar yeah. Um, to Wild Virginia and just about everybody that I spoke with about that, the same thing, they had no clue and they just randomly stumbled upon it. And then it yeah. ended up just being the perfect fit and just working out great for them. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny and, and cool to hear that it kind of happened the same way with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so what, what is, what is Wild Virginia? Um, Exactly. I know it's a lot of things, um, judging off the, off the website, sure. but as far as, you know, how did it all get started? You know, when did it started? Um, mission kind of just, what, what is kind of the, the top level view of what all happens over there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the history of wild Virginia, uh, we have grown so much. Um, it started actually as a group of, and I love the story because it's so grassroots and it's so on the ground. Um, but they, it was a group out of UVA that was trying to prevent uh, logging in the national forest, the George Washington National Forest. So the Forest Service will come out with these projects. And, you know, the, uh, the public is allowed to, because public land is owned by every citizen. Um, you know, here. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, but the Forest Service would come out with, you know, these logging projects in the National Forest. And so this group of students would read through these, you know, these projects or, you know, these proposals and say, you know, this isn't necessary. Um, So it started as a very grassroots group and it was solely focused on the National Forest in Virginia. So today, um, our mission has changed a little bit because, you know, Wild Virginia, we're, oh, sorry about that. We're called Wild Virginia. Um, so we, today we protect the, uh, 
the forest in Virginia, the mountains, the trees, and um, what I find most important is drinking water. Mm-hmm. Um, so not, not only the national forests, both the George Washington and the Jeff- Jefferson National Forest, um, we, we work to protect all of the wild places here in Virginia. Um, so protecting and connecting your favorite wild places is sort of our tagline. That's awesome. And, um, and I, I, I don't know, I was, I was, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just kind of like, I, I mentioned before I'm from Virginia. So I'm just thinking yeah. about like, um, the, the trees and just that, that drive through 64 and the fall oh, yes. with oh, all the leaves, so just, beautiful. just turning and, and on the way to jam you and, and everything and down by tech and everything. Sorry. I, I was kind of, kind of went back, back and passed there for it? a minute, <laughs> but that, so that's awesome. That it was kind of started as a grassroots, um, with some UVA students, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And and then so you guys kind of have a and it kind of expanded from there. Um, and you mentioned, um, let's see, and have notes of some of these things. So you mentioned like the the water quality on there. So you know, for example, you know how with the different programs that you have, um, how. I guess, how, how are you going about like for the water quality, for example, like what, what exactly are you doing to help protect the quality? Is that working with the streams? Is it working with uh, different organizations in, um, you know, the cities or towns or kind of like, what do those look like? Sure. Um, so for that com- campaign, uh, we partner with Trout Unlimited and um, we actually put on the training for volunteers to go out Um, and collect the data for water quality. That's super important, especially when some of the projects that we're fighting, like pipelines come through. Um, You know, citizens really need to feel equipped to, um, to you know, have that data to, especially before and after a pipeline project. So kind of walking through our campaigns, we we do a collaboration, I think, in any um, sort of nonprofit industry is super important. But so for water quality, um, again, we partner with Trout Unlimited to provide that training to volunteers. Um, We also, and then with that water quality, we um, support uh, the fight against the um, Atlantic Coast and Mountain Valley pipelines that are slated to run through Virginia. Those are new pipelines that um, we've actually been fighting for six years now, which is crazy. Wow. But um, so, yeah, uh, pipelines, you know, running through your state, um, the different um, watersheds that you can see, you know, on really any map if you search it on Google. Um, if there's a pipeline leak, a, lo- a lot of people's drinking water can be affected just because of the different streams that are running through our state. Um, so that's one of our campaigns. Another one of our campaigns is um, right now with COVID has kind of affected, but I'll get into what we're doing online. Um, but we do really cool hikes and outings, um, camping trips, kayaking trips, um, and again, like you were saying, driving through, you know, driving through our state, Virginia is so gorgeous. I love the terrain here. I love the foliage, but we try to get people out 
to these natural wild places just to get them excited about the advocacy piece. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And that, that's one of my favorite campaigns because I'm a hiker. I love hiking, <laughs> but uh, you know, and then we do really cool kids programs. Cause that's another thing I think that is really important um, when you're doing any advocacy work, getting the next generation excited about it is one of the, I think it's the most important thing. Um, and so that's one thing that drew, drew, drew me to Wild Virginia is the fact that we try to teach kids about, you know, all this natural, these natural places. Definitely. And it, I mean, it has to start from the, that lower generation. So they mm-hmm. kind of are brought up through it and kind of get that appreciation. So, yeah, absolutely. so with those programs, I mean, it makes complete sense, obviously with the, with the children and then also um, kind of taking other groups outdoors for the, um, yeah. to kind of, I guess, more or less get them on board or better understanding of, of the advocacy side of things. Do, are those like, I, I guess for the, for the older individuals, are, are you looking at like, um, like, are you working with like businesses and like group outings like that way, or just people like sign up to do it or like where kind of, where's that interest being brought from? And then also I would assume possibly with the, on the kids side of things that you work with local schools as well to kind of help maybe offer some programs or is it more of like a camp type situation? Sure. Um, so with our uh, hiking programs, uh, we actually have gotten a, a lot of traction just through word of mouth in the local okay. area. Um, we do partner with um, organizations like the St. Mary's Wilderness Stu- Stewards. So we do, um, for with that partnership, we actually do trail cleanups. Um, so we partner with organizations in that way. But, um, you know, and then with the kids, yes, working with the local schools, um, and then also just uh, other ev- local events in the area. So um, we've done, um, you know, Earth Day is obviously a huge week for us, but we partner with a lot of other community organizations that, um, you know, have other groups that are coming to certain events to you know, put on a larger, um, you know, kids activity. So yeah, again, a lot of partnerships, um, and then a lot of word of mouth in the area to get people excited about, you know, signing up for our hikes. That's awesome. Um, so, and, and so I'm, I'm sort of backtracking as well. So uh, and like to the water lines or the, uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. the pipes and kind of that kind of stuff. And you said like one, there's an ongoing battle that's been six years. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if, if, <laughs> I don't know how, how legal these things get or not, but I'm curious like what or what you can talk about if there's things that you can't, you don't have to, but um, what is that, what is that process like? And like what, and I guess that's something like, you know, you hear a lot. Um, oh, you know, group groups advocating for different things and working with or against or whatnot with the government and trying to settle what to protect these natural resources but I don't think, and I, I definitely don't know like what that process sort of looks like, you know, if that, if there's any kind of light that you can maybe shed on like what that looks like for, I guess, a community to kind of actually go after and, you know, protect their, their natural resources, as you said. Sure. Uh, well, it's super complicated. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I'm sure there's, you know, a sparks note version, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it, it's super convoluted. It's super complicated. Um, when you're, you know, speaking out to state agencies, they have loopholes that they've put in place. It, it's again, super complicated, but um, you know, one thing that citizens can do and 
like I said, public land is theirs. And that's one thing that they need, they need to feel equipped though, to, you know, be able to save those places. So one thing when, when any state organization, when any organization or entity comes out with a project, so, you know, for example, um, a pipeline, there have been different hearings or, you know, board hearings where the public is able to comment on these projects. And so that can be anything from, you know, usually the sentimental type, you know, public commenting is not something they're looking for. They're looking for something that um, could potentially allow an organization like us or a private person to sue them. So, uh, you know, they, they're not looking for, oh, you know, this land, um, you know, my, my grandmother um, used to go walk through the flowers here. They're not looking for that. They're looking for, you know, uh, there is, um, you know, a stream that goes through here that I get my drinking water from. So um, they, these hearings are, um, you know, with the pipeline, the state water control board hearings, those were kind of a crazy time in Richmond. Um, so they allowed for the public to come in and comment and then vote on moving forward with the pipelines. Um, so one, um, you know, one, some light I can shed on the Atlantic Coast pipeline specifically. Um, the, this was actually two days ago. The U.S. Supreme Court overturned um, a lower court decision that limited the Forest, Service, Forest Service's authority to issue a permit to the Atlantic Coast pipeline. Um, so that was with the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, and it stated that the Forest Service lacked the authority to grant approval for the pipeline. So, um, you know, they're moving forward with the process, but those, those projects are, you know, they're trying to cross the Appalachian Trail with the pipeline. Oh. They're trying to dig through mountains. It, I mean, it's crazy. They're trying to put this pipeline in place all for greed, really, all for money. And it's such a shaky project. I mean, there are landslides that we just, uh, actually a coalition that we're a part of just came out with a study on landslides relating to pipelines. And they're just such risky projects. And it's unfortunate that they're going to, you know, kind of destruct these wild places that we love so much. Yeah, definitely. And, and I, I would imagine with, you know, if, you know, if they do have the public hearings and all that stuff, that it's probably pretty hard to find or hear about that unless you're like dedicated to looking for that, I would assume. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, that's, that's right. I, I know uh, even just, you know, acquaintances in Charlottesville um, who didn't necessarily know about this work that Wild Virginia is doing, they, they had no idea and it's in their backyard almost. Yeah. So yeah, seeking out organizations that are, are really ingrained with the work in the community. If you're not a part of it or, you know, you don't have activist friends who are a part of it. Yeah. You might, you might just not know. That's uh, yeah, no, that's, that's great. And that's something that, you know, I don't really think about. And like you said, a lot of people, and even your example of, you know, the public land is your land, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and especially huge projects like that. I mean, I couldn't even imagine trying I couldn't even imagine how they would even do that, even if it wasn't causing any damage, just sure, going yeah. through the mountains and everything. So that's, that's kind of um, crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. So 
what what kind of you know it's, it sounds like there's a b- bunch of effects i feel like this might be a loaded question but yeah. what kind of effects do you kind of see this having on the communities um not only you know as far as you know their perspective and outlook as far as advocacy goes um but even like you know the effects that it's having on nature and the wildlife and and these kind of things like what what kind of impact do you see you know the different programs having um having in the communities sure um well it is a loaded question a little bit well <laughs> one, you know um the the different things that um or even i'll speak to partnerships because i think that's super important mm-hmm. um you know partnerships within this community and in virginia um, are very important when it comes to, um, you know, fighting projects. Um, for example, you know, this uh, Dominion was trying to implement a compressor station, which it has a lot of adverse health effects um, in a, a small rural community in Buckingham. Um, it was... Um, it historically a black community so having organizations to fight this environmental racism um is one thing uh that you know impacts this community um speaking for the being a resource for the private landowners that you know dominion who's backing the pipeline or funding the pipeline we're trying to exploit exploit through eminent domain and feeling like we were a resource for those landowners who were having their land taken for this pipeline. Um, that's another huge impact. Like hearing those stories, it just, it wrenches my heart. Like this company is allowed to take your land. That sucks. Yeah. What kind of America are we living in right now? But if it's, you know, eminent domain for the benefit of the public, they are allowed to take it. And that just seems crazy to me, but being a resource for this community um, in those regards, I, you know, that's one thing that Wild Virginia does, just making citizens feel like they can speak out and, you know, influence policy. That's, we need more watchdog organizations like us, really. Yeah, well, and that, and that's like, it, you're, you're giving, you're, you're almost giving these people this voice that they didn't even know they, they, that they had, you know. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So how, what, what is, I just, there's just so many things. So I just, I, I'm just looking over like my notes of just like questions that, that I wanted to ask. And I feel like everyone is, like I said, pretty in depth just because what, yeah. what you all do. And, it, um, you know, as I mentioned, I've, I've spoken to other nonprofits and stuff that are sort of similar yeah. to you, you all, but it sounds like you guys do a lot, a lot more um, kind of boots on the ground, especially when it goes yeah. to, you know, fighting or, or, I don't know if fighting is the right term, but working. Yes, it is. Fight. Fight. <laughs> fighting is <laughs> dominion power, you know, like right. that's, that's not a, I, there's no way that's a simple task, obviously. No. So what is the most surprising thing that you've learned or surprising, I guess maybe from like that side of things, but then also, you know, any, any kind of s- stories or, or surprising um, kind of things that you've, like I said, learned from your time there so that, since yeah. it sounds like it was a little bit, a um, little bit different than what you were doing prior to Wild Virginia. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, uh, just uh, 
how resilient humans are really. So, you know, while Virginia, one of our campaigns is to get folks outside to go on these hikes. Uh, well, with COVID, we can't do that. Um, so, you know, the fact that right now what we're doing online, um, we have this campaign called Window to the Woods. We partnered with Stephen David Johnson, who is this beautiful wildlife photographer. If you have, if you don't know about his work, check him out. Um, he photographs, uh, you know, vernal pools in the national forest. So we partnered with him and do um do this campaign called window to the woods and so we're trying to you know help people feel close to nature um when maybe they can't necessarily get outside in groups or you know with friends um we also have our backyard wild campaign where all of our hiking leaders all of our volunteers um we have a staff of two um, they are, uh, you know, kind of showing folks their backyard wild and maybe their gardens and their compost piles and whatever they have in their backyard. Um, and then the biggest, you know, piece of resiliency I've seen in Wild Virginia, um, we had to postpone our uh, film festival, which is our biggest event of the year. Um, it's yeah. usually slated for May. And we had to, I mean, and we wanted to keep everyone safe, so we had to postpone it till September. But, um, and we don't, we don't call it a fundraiser. We call it a friend raiser. We try to get people <laughs> inspired. Um, but, you know, a membership is uh, super important to Wild Virginia because when we are speaking to policymakers, we are able to say we have this many members who care about, you know, the wild places in our state. So anyway, had to postpone that film festival, but we created this online film festival and it was super awesome a couple weeks ago. And we partnered with local bands. We had um, Freshwaters Illustrated uh, allowed us to use a couple of their really beautiful wildlife films. So yeah, human resiliency. It's crazy. We've, completely moved our campaigns online and you never think as a hiking organization that yeah. that would happen. <laughs> that's that yeah that's true you you know you think about it. but it, it's it's cool too because you're still yeah you know people might be inside their house but they are still experiencing the outdoors one way or the other um mm -hmm. and so gaining that appreciation you know whether it's a member or a non-member or or anybody sure that's how, how many members do you have now or yeah at this point um it is almost 500 members in nice. the state of virginia nice yeah. so and then if you know if anybody did want to get involved you know with that i i my member i'm assuming there's like a, maybe like an annual membership and i'm sure that helps fund some of the the different projects that you all have going on yeah. um how, how would somebody get involved with that just kind of find find or online or different events and kind of talk to somebody that way or yeah if anybody is interested in becoming a member of wild virginia it's wildvirginia.org um with a membership uh and you know with memberships it's 35 dollars a year but with that you um locally uh can get uh discounts to some really awesome uh groups like star hill brewery um a, a lot of breweries hikers like beer <laughs> yeah. um uh we also for different um camping and uh, you know outdoor recreation consignment shops um what else oh blue ridge bucha i love kombucha i'm drinking some right now but um 
uh, also offer dis they offer discounts as well. So, um, but uh, you know, and the most important piece, you're becoming a part of an organization where you feel like you have a voice. Um, we try to help our members have a voice, but then you also get added to our listserv, which is where you can get the um, uh, you know state and federal news updates, which is also very important. Sweet. Well, um, so finally, like I said, one question that I do like to ask. Um, so, and, and it sounds like a lot of it, you know, in your community specifically, you know, um, you know, you guys, Wild Virginia is almost like the voice that people didn't know they had. But what, you know, what if there is a, another community that might have, you know, s that are facing similar issues with their wildlife and whatnot? Yeah. but they don't have necessarily that organization in place already to maybe combat some of these things. How, I mean, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that w would try to do that? I mean, would that be starting a petition and working with your local, the local government there? Like what, what does that look, what, what, what kind of advice would you have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my first piece of advice, be willing to put in the time and, uh, you know, and that sometimes that means volunteering. I, I, I think that's so important. And um, yeah, having that gusto, you know, being willing to put into in the work, even if it means you're not getting paid for it. I think that's something that when it comes to nonprofit advocacy, you just, you got to put in the time. Um, secondly, I would say network, network, network. <laughs> you got to, you be comfortable just reaching out to people. I, I think uh, you know, especially in the digital age, maybe people aren't really comfortable in cyberspace. Hey, random stranger, can you help me with this? Or can I ask you this question? But feel comfortable doing that. Um, so yeah, networking, uh, you know, reaching out to, I, I, yeah, like you said, petitions, that's important. Um, local government, that's important, getting involved. But, you, you know, reaching out to organizations like Wild Virginia, even, if you have something happening in your community that you're concerned about, um, feel comfortable reaching out to us because we can absolutely help. So those partnerships, too, that's also really important. That's awesome. Um, and, and to that point, where, um, and I know you did it before, but where can people find you online? So if they want to use, you know, maybe they're not necessarily in Virginia and would like to use you as a resource for something going on in their community, or if they are in Virginia um, and want to get involved and see what kind of programs and things that you all offer. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, www.wildvirginia.org. You can um, find membership information there. You can find information about our campaigns Eventually, when we do hike um, or go outside hiking, uh, you can join us there. Um, you can find information on volunteering with us. We, you know, I have a team of volunteers, publicity and outreach, trying to get the word out about Wild Virginia. Um, we have uh, volunteering opportunities when it comes to hiking or, you know, becoming a hiking leader even. We'll get you wilderness first aid certified. Um, mine's expired, which I need to do. <laughs> um, but uh, you can also find news updates. We also have a blog. Um, but then if you're on social media also, um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, all the social platforms, but, you know, that's another good place to find out information about, you know, the hottest uh, news updates that come out. 
Awesome. Well, everybody definitely make sure to check them out either uh, on their website or different social media outlets and see, um, like I said, how you can get involved. And, and if you're not, maybe you're lived on, you know, the West coast and like that, it sounds like they have some really good resources on their websites, um, that could, you know, potentially help, help you with your current, uh, situation. But, um, Katie, I really appreciate you being, uh, on the podcast today, kind of explain or share your, your background story, um, it, and I, I was right in the introduction, you know, you clearly do have a, a love for the outdoors, which is awesome. Um, and of course, everything that, that is going on with wild Virginia and everything that you, you all are doing to protect the nature and wildlife there. So I, uh, I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Hey man, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening. And Hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life emotion until next time.